Hello, everybody. Welcome to the second part of this week's Double Stuffed Fudge Brownie episode. Double Fudge. <laughs> the third film that Nick and I saw in theaters this week is the underwater horror film 47 Meters Down Uncaged. It is brought to us by director uh, Johannes Roberts. Uh, sorry if I butchered your name, sir. Uh, this was written by... But you butchered a movie, so we're even. <laughs> this was written by himself and Ernest uh, Riera. And these were the same collaborators that brought us the original 47 Meters Down two years ago. Uh, however, this... No. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Uh, Johannes wrote and directed the first one also. God, this felt like they never saw the first one. Uh, you would think so with the budget they had. It's a pretty amazing feat that this film looked managed to look worse, even though the first one already didn't have that much money. Um, Dude, yeah, good lord. I thought it was a completely different team. Oh, no, this is... It's the same people? Yeah, this is Johannes' baby. Jeez. <laughs> it, um, Just in case you guys didn't pick up, I'm about to give a glowing, loving review of this movie. Yeah, um, me, me too, more or less. Uh, we'll get into those details <laughs> here in a sec, though. Um, even though it is from the same team and the same studio... Uh, the cast is drastically different. This film stars uh, Sophie uh, Nelesley, if I pronounce that right, uh, Corrine Fox, uh, fun fact, daughter of Jamie Fox, uh, Brianne <laughs> Tu, uh, hopefully I pronounced that name right also, uh, but also uh, Barrick Basinger, uh, who is not Kim Basinger's daughter, and then Sistine Rose Stallone, who is the daughter of Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> The behind you, there's a shark. <laughs> <laughs> um, and dude, it'd be great if Rambo showed up at the end of this movie and just like started mowing the sharks down with a machine gun. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I would have loved that so much more than what if we got here. His daughter's name was Adrian, and he just like is on a like four wheeler, and he's he like rides up and sees the kids getting killed. He's like, Adrian. And then, he pulls out a bow, and then he pulls out a bow and arrow tip with like a missile and he shoots one of the sharks and it blows up like Jaws at the end of Jaws. That'd be the perfect way to end this movie, but nope. Swim, Adrian, swim! Swim! <laughs> um, <laughs> um, anyway, the last... How'd you get bit? How'd you get bit? <laughs> anyway, the last uh, star of this film, uh, John Corbett. Uh, did you recognize? Uh, did you recognize him at all? Yes, and I don't know why. He, w he married uh, the girl in my big fat Greek wedding. Never saw that. Oh, well, that was worth the buildup. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, watched, I watched that movie um, a lot. That was a family favorite of my sister's mom's. Um, so, I, so I did see that movie a few times. Of your sister's mom? My sister. You mean your mom? Yes, my mom and my sister. Um, I did watch that movie a lot, and I think it's charming. But, um, but nope, that's my not. My sister's mom. <laughs> But nope, that's not what we got. You mean your twin sister? Yes, my twin sister. <laughs> um, that's funny. But yeah, this uh, this film also was brought to us from probably the worst named production company I've ever heard of, uh, Inter Entertainment Studios Motion Pictures. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I thought that was a joke. When it popped up on screen, I was like... That's a joke, right? And then they just kind of never corrected it. That is the least creative name I've ever heard of for a production company. It what's, sounds fake. What's your what's your movie studio called? Movie movie studio? Huh. <laughs> I see I see you guys creativity is a real big thing with you guys, huh? 
motion picture film and entertainment studios productions. Like, <laughs> that's just, Jeez. yeah, I just wanted to point out how direct a video that name sounds. Um, which funny story, I do have a funny story speaking of direct a video. <laughs> which funny story, this movie screams direct a video. Yeah, no, I'll, I got a story actually that actually ties into the first one about that actual, like, going straight to video. But anyway, uh, we're delaying it enough. Our spoiler-free thoughts on the film. Uh, Nick, I'll open up the floor to you for it first. Um, what did you think of this film, spoiler-free? Um, well, terrible. Uh, I ended up watching, right after we finished recording last week, I ended up watching the original. And I watched it in uh, at my house in a, in a room with all the lights on because I was folding and putting away laundry. And that movie is so good compared to this one yeah it's flawed and i, t I texted you during it and i was like this movie's not going to age very well because some of the effects looked pretty bad um but i one of my biggest like fear is not the right word like i i get really anxious when i'm in just open water i don't like that something can swim up and touch me i don't like being in the ocean when we go to the beach i don't really go in that far and i even when i do i don't stay in very long um, and ironically, sharks are my favorite animal, but that's a, a big fear of mine is getting murdered by a shark. <laughs> and so that, that movie where, you know, they get stuck at the bottom of the ocean after having chummed for sharks and they, uh, uh, their home base where they're safe is what's going to kill them if they don't get to the surface because they're going to run out of air. So that really big conundrum and you can't go up too fast or you'll get the bends, uh, which they kind of play up the bends more dangerously than they do. I think in real life, from what I understand, like you can just go to a pressurized chamber and sit there for a couple hours and it'll balance it out and you're okay. Um, they play it up like if you get the bends, your head will explode the moment you get out of the water. They, they like, <laughs> like when you get jettisoned. I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying the bends is not serious, but they play it up like super AIDS cancer. They do it. They do it like that episode of The Simpsons where Homer and Bart get jettisoned from uh, that space, that rocket, and then their heads just kind of grow and grow and yeah. pop. They play, dude. They play it. They play it like the bends is gonna make you Arnold Schwarzenegger at the end of Total Recall. You're just gonna be sitting up there going, nah, nah, as your eyes bulge out of your head or that guy at the um, end or that guy at the end of uh oh uh the kurt russell film um once upon a time in little china yeah so uh but you know that movie worked really really well i was really tense the whole time um i found out a couple years ago uh when i had to get an mri on my shoulder i'm actually claustro a little claustrophobic I found out because I was had to go head first in there to get my shoulder scanned, and I looked down, and I didn't think I was doing anything, and I was clenching my fist pretty tight. So 47 meters down, one, I felt really claustrophobic. I felt really uncomfortable. I felt anxious the whole time. Um, and then this movie, the... I, I'm, I should probably save that point, actually, for when we start doing spoilers. Because uh, that's when we get into the specifics of the story, but yeah, I never even, I never saw a trailer for Forty Seven Meters Down Uncaged. I didn't really know anything about it going into it, other than it's the second one, and just because of that, like I saw marquees, so I saw someone swimming, and the title Uncaged, I was like, oh, 
I guess it's just someone being attacked in the ocean now, and I think that's kind of weird because it doesn't really work. Um, but this movie, the uh, the moment it's the moment that things start going wrong, I actually stopped feeling anxious. Um, there is a, a bunch of really dumb things that make no sense, and I'm gonna rant on one for a long time when we get to the spoiler section. The uh, the effects markably worse than the first one. Some, uh, somehow a sequel got a smaller visual effects budget than the first one, because, yes, I agree. Dude, the sharks it, are looked, it looked like they just took stuff from the PlayStation 2 and just put it in with real character, like, actual people. Yeah. It's so bad. Um, I give it... I give it a cookie. Uh, this is a movie that was honestly really, really... Honestly, it was the most disappointing movie we saw this weekend. Um, I didn't have high hopes. Like I said, I didn't see a trailer, so I didn't have anything built up. But after having watched that movie Sunday, knowing it got a sequel and the way that the original made me feel, I was like, if it just if it just kind of maintains, I'm actually really excited. If it maintains the feeling I had through that through the first one... And it can translate it to a new, to this new story. I'm okay with it. Um, it does not at all. I like I said, once things start going bad, all of the tension went away from the movie for me, and I couldn't have cared less. Yeah. Um, my general thoughts on it, um, like Nick said, um, I have a fear of open water, but I think it's fair to say it's far far worse. This is yeah. literally this is literally like a nightmare scenario for me. Like it's a it's it's more than just like something that developed over time for me. Like I'm convinced that I was born with this primal fear of getting attacked specifically in the ocean. Like I can be in a lake. <laughs> Dan came out and was just like, "Hey, I'm going to die if there's an ocean near here." Yeah, like a lake I'm okay for the most part, but Dan's okay with dying in a lake. Yeah. I'm less scared of a lake, um, and crawl and like crawl didn't bother me at all. For some reason, I'm okay with alligators, but I'm not with sharks. But um, <laughs> this, so since we're kind of retroactively reviewing both films, I went out of my way to see the first one in theaters. This was way before we had a show, obviously. But um, yeah. I forced myself to. This came not to interrupt, did because I remember I and I'll talk about it when we get to the spoiler section. Because the last big shark movie that I saw was The Shallows. Oh, you saw that in the theater. Forty-seven meters down. Forty-seven meters down came out the same summer, right? Because I remember telling you, "Hey, The Shallows was actually pretty good. It's not fantastic. It's not great, but I thoroughly enjoyed The Shallows." Uh, Shallows came out. Uh, oh my gosh, no! Get that Stars Born song out of here. Um, uh, Shallows was twenty sixteen, and forty-seven meters one was twenty seventeen. It was the year after. Ah. Uh... Yeah, so but I remember telling you like go see the shallows because it 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 was really good and I like I said I'll mention the shallows later in our spoiler free section. Yeah. Um I did see the shallows on TV. Um I didn't make myself go see that in theaters, but I agree it was really scary. Um this the anyways, so this one I forced myself to go see it in theaters. I'm like, "Dan, you're 24 or 5 at the time." So just Go to th- Simple math, 2017 my, is two years ago. How old are you now? 25. So I'm like, okay, just go to the theater. It's a shark movie. It's just a movie. And 
it was 90 minutes of pure anxiety. Like, I didn't go with Nicole because she didn't want to see it, or she was working, I can't remember which. But, like, I was sitting with my arms crossed, like, but my arm that was on top, like, not the arm that was in my armpit, the arm that was on top of my other arm was, like, about to rip my shirt sleeve because I was clenching it so hard. Like, I was having such a panic attack watching the first one. It was so utterly terrifying like the idea of like if you you have to go up like at some point okay like either they're gonna eat me down here or they're gonna eat me up there like that's that i I loved that conundrum in the first one of you're safe in the cage but the cage is going to kill you so you have to venture out and venturing out might kill you and if you venture out too quickly in this movie's universe might kill you so you're probably gonna die oh no it was like a lose-lose catch-22 scenario, basically. Like, and, oh my gosh, I, I was, especially, like, at the climax of the film when they finally, spoiler alert, they, fi- they finally decide they have to go up, um, obviously. That was one of the scariest things in the film I'd seen in a very, very long time. Yeah. Um, so in this case, there were just a couple moments that just inherently to me, I could not help but, like, freak out and jump a little bit. Uh, I won't say those until here in the next two minutes, but regardless honestly, of... The, regard- honestly, though, I think the scared jumping thing that this movie pulls off is just because you're jumping because of how loud it is. No, you have a point. The movie did have a lot of loud jump scares in this one compared to the first one, but... Yeah. No, there's just some things that inherently just, like, I could... I just put myself in the moment with them, and I'm just, like... I literally, like... I didn't want to draw attention to myself by, like, putting my hands over my face or, like... So, like, I was trying really hard to, like, not do that, but still just, like, okay, don't... Okay, just get it over with. Get the scare over with, like... Because, like, I knew what was going to happen, but it was going to... I was going to scream if I just kept my eyes open and watched it. But (laughs) outside of those, like, two or three specific moments, I completely agree with you. I can objectively say that this film is honestly pretty terrible otherwise like (laughs) the acting wasn't great in the first film but it's not distractingly terrible like this film like the acting in this but but the other thing too they don't really ask him to do much else other than be terrified yeah like the begin the beginning of it yeah the act in the first one the beginning yeah the acting's hokey and you know it it, i when i said this isn't going to age well i also said this isn't going to age well like the acting and the story because it felt really cookie cutter the chemistry between the chemistry between mandy moore and the other girl though was so much more believable as the movie went on yes this chemistry is just terrible like the acting is so bad but they but their their chemistry pays off really really well in their terrifiedness if that's a word um i believed i was like dude these are friends that consider themselves family that really think, oh, my God, I'm going to die with you. Um, but come on. Versus the- this one, versus this one, it's a girl and her – or the, these two stepsisters, the family just got together. They're iffy on if they get along. The other two girls are friends of the one stepsister, and they're kind of just like, hey, the other girl can tag along. I never really got why they cared about each other other than just, like, I don't like seeing people I know die in front of me. Um, yeah, dude, Derek, that's, that's, that was, like, one of the weakest parts. And then there's a, there's long stretches of time in this movie where 
it's just like, oh my gosh, is there a shark? But I never really cared if the shark showed up. So, like, they, they're they having conversations of, like, this is what we need to do in planning. And it's just like, you don't seem like the person to pull off authority because of how you're written. And also, you're acting like you're not, you don't really want to be doing this. It just, yeah. I mean, we, we'll go ahead and get more detail. Um, I mean, my, to surmise it, it's... The acting is distractingly bad. You already pointed it out, and I concur. The visual effects somehow got worse between the, this film and the last film. Yeah. I don't understand. I mean, I can I can excuse the acting because there's I can get why they couldn't get anybody high profile. Well, the, the, but they tr- they like triple the cast in this movie. Well, yeah, and then obviously the last one. Well, it doesn't reach double digits really. But well, here um, I'll start off the spoiler section with the story with the with a real quick story. So I'll wrap this up. Uh, this movie's just objectively really terrible. My primal fear aside, I, I would, I mean, you've already told me that this movie didn't scare you at all. Like, um, so I can't imagine many yeah, people really. being scared unless you're like me and this is just an inherently nightmare scenario for you played out on screen. This is an inherently nightmare. Dude, I, I admit it. I get claustrophobic. I'm terrified of water and, uh, I, I'm terrified of open, like open water and I'm, Re- I'm terrified of it because sharks could kill me. This, that's the whole movie, and the whole time I was like, eh. Well, then I'm punching a hole. Then I'm punching a hole in my man card. Then, because like there were there were enough moments in this movie that like did genuinely make me jump. That, I mean, I'm not going to give it a cookie because I do think there are some n- note. There is, there is some merit in the atmosphere in this. I mean, the general setup is pretty cool like being trapped in an underwater maze with a monster it kind of gave off that kind of alien vibe like that more or less like that alien video game uh what was the one not commandos oh i know which one you're talking about i i wanted to i wanted to get it and play it and i never did it's the one where like it's it's actually like alien not like halo with alien in it yeah not alien covenant not commandos Uh, Um, i can't i know what game you're talking about i don't know what it is but it's actually the good alien game that came out in the last like 10 years yeah one of the only video games i've also played in the past 10 years too besides madden um <laughs> but yeah i'm i don't dislike the movie enough to give it a cookie but this is a objectively pretty terrible film uh with that uh one last thing i want to say don't email us about so so your your rating is a, a single brownie yeah i'm just giving you a single brownie okay um, i want to clarify i want to clarify because i can't remember exactly what i said i want to clarify i give this a cookie not a single brownie yeah you said cookie i remember um, okay also before we get in the spoiler territory uh our scale goes uh a single cookie is an objectively terrible dumpster fire of a movie a single brownie is a pretty bad movie a movie we're kind of 50 50 on kind of good kind of bad that's a uh that's a half pan of brownies full pan of brownies is a pretty good movie overall and then a borderline masterpiece is a full pan of brownies with sprinkles. And then don't email us. Yes, I know I said once upon a time in Little China instead of Big Trouble Little China. All right, let's move on. Spoiler territory for 47 meters down to uh, this movie, first of all, takes place in Mexico. And there is not a in single... the wor- whitest Mexico you've ever seen. Well, I thought about it. And to be fair, the school did say, like international boarding school or something like that but oh it did i didn't see that i just saw that it was an all-girls school yeah it was a international boarding school or i think boarding but um but no that doesn't excuse the fact that 
It's, al- it's almost like they couldn't they couldn't uh, record in Mexico, so they just recorded in you know probably like Southern California and claimed it was Mexico. Yeah, this obviously wasn't Georgia, but um, but also the fact <laughs> wasn't it wasn't a landlocked state. I'll give you that. <laughs> But also, there wasn't a single word of Spanish written on any signs. Even that brochure didn't have a single word of Spanish on it. Like, this movie just, it might as well have taken place somewhere, like, between L.A. and San Diego. It should have taken place in Southern California. They just went, oh, crap, we gotta tie in Mayans. (laughs) Yeah, like, they're not, that was just something that bothered me. It was just like, okay, this is set in Mexico, but you're gonna try to pretend that this movie has nothing to do with Mexico at all until you get into the catacombs. Like, um, this movie's as Mexican as Taco Bell. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, for for real though, there's so much truth in that. Um, but then, yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, from there, I mean, where, what do you want to talk about from there? I just wanted to throw that out there at the beginning. Well, the, the, the real quick setup, like I said, it's about uh, one girl, uh, her dad and this girl marry, uh, or no, she doesn't marry. The dad marries uh, this woman. Uh, each side has a daughter. The two daughters aren't really, like, not necessarily not getting along. Like, they're Maya, not bickering. They just don't really embrace each other. Maya and Sasha. Those are the two main girls. Yes. They don't really embrace each other. And then S- Sasha has two friends uh, Tweedledee and Tweedle really, 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 really dumb. Um, and Tweedle really, 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 really dumb does something dumb towards the end of the movie. Tweedle thinks she knows um, what she's doing, but clearly shouldn't be in the role of, in the role of leader. Yeah. You're talking about Sylvester Stallone's daughter, right? No, I was talking, that was, um... The- no, 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 I'm talking about Sylvester Stallone's daughter, because... Oh, yeah, no, she's Tweedle's... She's, she's Tweedle's she's, super stupid, Yeah. Yeah, she's like the dumbest person in this movie's universe. No, Alexa is the one that um, thought that she was the leader, but clearly shouldn't have been. I think she was fine. Um, but so they, they uh, uh, the two, the two stepsisters were going to go with uh, the dad. They were going to go do, they never say what, they were alluding to something, but the guy's kind of like a, like a, uh, cave spelunker, but he specializes in scuba diving. Um, they found these uh, Mayan uh, caves. It really it was like the catacombs in France, right? It was because they were kind of like a, it was kind of like a gravesite. It was more it was more or less like that. Like they didn't really explain okay. the lore like that clearly to me. Like I, from what I gathered, it seemed like just I don't remember what they were saying that they were before other than there were caves that were occupied by Mayans. But then it turned out that they ended up being like sacrificing, it, sacrificing ritual rooms that slash catacombs. It, some, some. It's not, it's not, it's not good to describe it as an exposition dump. It's more of exposition diarrhea. Cause it puts a lot out. It's lightning fast. Um, that doesn't, end up, it's, it's, that really doesn't, when end they, up when they, but it, when they, when they do that, they're explaining it. So it's, you know, they said it really quick, but it's it's something like a gravesite, and he's like, "Hey, I, I can't go do the thing we were gonna go do. This expedition team is moving is actually coming like a week or two earlier than we expected. It's it can mean a lot of money for me, so I need I actually need to go set some things up. Yeah. And his daughters get really really worked up, and I'm like, "Your dad's making sure you can afford a house, you jerks." Um, but he says he says that when he was there, he found a tooth in in there, and they think it was a great white shark's uh, tooth. So then he's like, well, I got you this, 
I, yeah, I got you. Uh, I got you girls uh, seats on this glass bottom boat. They take you to where the sharks are, or the great white sharks are, and they feed them. And the one girl's like, "This is a tourist attraction." And I was like, and "She's like, but and we live here." And I was like, "Yeah, sure you do." Uh, so they get to go do the thing, and then the two, then the and then the two friends show up, and they're like, "We have a jape. Let's go, japing." And so the one girl gets in. The school bully that pushed the girl in to the pool at the beginning of the movie is going to be on the boat. And the one sister's like, hey, do you want to go hang out with her all day or do you want to come hang out with us? So the other girl goes with her. Uh, Speaking of something, uh, I mentioned it to Dan off camera. I'm glad that they mentioned that it's an all-girls school because, frankly, they push the one girl in the pool and treat her like a social outcast and, like, she's supposed to be... uh, like super ugly and weird and stuff and looking at it, I was like she isn't she is incredibly cute I don't think that like if it was a normal school where like boys were allowed in I was like she probably would be decently popular she'd have a boyfriend she wouldn't be considered some social outcast even if she was quiet for having just moved it only it only makes sense if it's if it's a uh, an all girl school so that's the one smart thing the movie did right well the um, it could have they it perfectly casted a kind of mean girls ripoff, yeah, where, like, it would have started out with her being the introvert and no one thinks she's pretty, but then they find out she's got a personality and she shows up the plastics and then she is the and most popular she can handle a spear girl. gun and murder sharks with it or something. Um, I thought the bully was going to die at the end of the movie, and I was like, dude, whatever horrific death you're about to give this girl, I get that you're trying to justify it, but that's a really thin character. No, um, it kind of... Honestly, if that happened, like, if the shark just barreled through the boat and capsized it, and, like, that was the end... Do you end, know what I thought was going to happen? What? What do you think was... Is I thought... So, skipping to the end of the movie, we'll, we'll explain it better in detail later, is I thought they were going to be in the bottom of the glass viewing boat, and uh, I thought they were just going to be, like, looking around at the sharks, and then one and then one shark was going to hit the hit the boat... And it was going to break, and I thought it was going to set up a sequel of, like, they somehow managed to get an air pocket on the boat, but it's surrounded by a, a sharks after having been chummed. And I thought the first person they were going to show die setting up for the sequel was going to be the school bully. See, that's why we're not in Hollywood, because that is too clever for this movie. This movie ended exactly... <laughs> it's not really clever, but it is too clever. This movie wouldn't have the gall to try and leave a cliffhanger in- ending that interesting. Like, <laughs> the way it wrapped everything up in a nice bow, I mean, sort of, that the movie, the first one had its own really dumb twist. Like, credit where credit was due, this movie didn't end with a stupid I don't think, twist. I don't think the twist in the first one was all that dumb. I I, I called it happening because they, they foreshadow the daylights out of it. It was a, dude, that was an objectively dumb ending. I mean, I, I don't like bait and switch. I don't, well, not bait and switch. I don't like endings where... It flashes back and was like, just kidding. Everything you just saw didn't actually happen. I, I, I will say this. I wish they wouldn't have shown the SEAL team getting, the Navy SEAL, or the Coast Guard team getting there. I really wish got, they would have just left. <laughs> she got rescued by SEAL Team 6. <laughs> They're swimming around. They're like, we got to go get Osama Bin Laden's body out of the ocean. Oh, crap. We got to go get this girl, too. Um, just, a, just, no, just some random I, girl in the middle of the ocean. She's getting rescued by the same team that went in and killed Osama. She's just sitting there and she's hallucinating. She's like, is that Osama Bin Laden? No, what I would have liked is if they would have left it at where it cuts and you see her at the bo- in the cage laughing and no SEAL team is there. Or, 
dang it, I did it again. No, uh, no rescue team is there. I would like if they would have just left her laughing in the bottom of that thing, and then it cut to black. I, I would have loved that ending. One, pr- I don't want to of, see the girl get rescued. Outside of that being honestly a seventy-minute movie, that again is a much clever and better ending. Especially because I'm a big fan when movies have a have the guts I to like do a pitch black endings. ending like that. Yeah. Even though that would I like dark endings, yeah. But again, that would have made the movie like 70 minutes long instead of 90, which is kind of not okay, yeah. but um Well, no, 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 cuz they don't the, the the part where she gets rescued doesn't last that long. It's only like 2 minutes. Oh, I guess it wasn't I'm that. not I'm not talking yeah. about when she goes up. If they would have shown her going up, I, like if everything up until the point where the rescue team shows up, which lasts like 2 minutes, I would have left. I would have just cut the team showing up. I would have just ended with the shot kind of pulling up and the and the shot gets darker and murkier. Yeah. And the girl's just laughing and then you can kind of hear her trailing off and the radio people going like, you're hallucinating. You're hallucinating. Hold on. The, the okay. rescue team yeah. said they'd be here in 20 minutes and then it cuts. Yeah. And you never know what happens. Yeah. I'm just um, I'm just trying to think if that would have like maybe skimmed the 80 minute mark. Being, like it, or if, as she's being rescued, if the rescue team, one of the divers goes, what's that? And then it cuts. See, yeah. As long as it crosses 80 minutes, yes. That would have been a much better ending. To a movie I, anyway, already, to a movie I already thought was pretty terrifying to begin with. but. Um, so they're, they, they jump in this kind of lake thing, and it turns out it's all the scuba gear that they need for the kind of cave spelunking, uh, like research group to come in which they stole from the dad which is the dad's and one of the girls um is it's not very clear if she's dating or was dating or just has this history of being uh bed buddies with one of the workers um she's like yeah he took me down there one time we we went and we went in there and he kind of showed me around and then uh, they're like, oh, well, uh, Sylvester Stallone's daughter's like, we should go in there. Um, and so they, they're all like, we should go in there. But the only girl that really has any scuba diving experience is the daughter of the dad, like the biological daughter of the dad. And then they, they peer pressure into doing it. And then all of a sudden, the girl that went in there one time and has only been scuba diving one time has so much knowledge about scuba diving. Well, She's because like, well, this is this is your air pressure gauge thing, and this is this, and this is this, and this is this, and this is this. And also, when you're when you're diving in a cave, you want to have really small, slow movements so you don't kick up soot and it doesn't blind you. And I was like, I'm sorry, didn't you say you only went in there one time? Why are you an encyclopedia for scuba diving? There is no. When there's people that have have gone through all the certifications and classes that actually know how to scuba dive and even they're like yeah this is actually pretty difficult to do because it's an enclosed space there's no way that they're that she and uh her boyfriend working for the dad spent all their bedside manner going through how to survive and professionally scuba dive among that's that's their pillow talk that's that's what they talk about when they're cuddling after they go on their own is, is he's just like so if you're ever cave scuba diving yeah after they have their own little spelunking adventures <laughs> All right. Um, so they they go in there, and this is actually the part of the movie where the uh, tension and the suspense that gets built up uh, worked for me, was when they first go in. Um, so they go in, 
they find kind of like a chamber room and uh it's that first chamber so, that they said that they were going to visit and then go away yeah. immediately this is all we're going to do and then we're going to get yeah. out so they're like well we're, we're just going to go in there uh we're going to we're just going to kind of do a lap we're going to turn around we're going to go back and they get to like the center uh what altar is that what they called it decided it was was an altar like it's where they did the life the human sacrifices sure um, more or less yeah so they're there, and Sylvester Stallone's daughter just goes, hey, did you see movement in this completely open water? And they're like, don't be stupid, Becca. And she's like, no, I saw something, and that was a swimming. And so for some reason, she's amazed that there could be a fish. So she's like, we have to go check this out. And I was like, no, you don't. It's a fish, and you're in open water. Like... I'm not saying that I'm not saying it's a shark. Get out of there. I'm just saying it's a fish and you're in where fish live. That's like, that's like going to the, the flamingo encounter at a zoo and then losing your mind that there's a live flamingo. Yeah. Like you're, you're going where those things live. That's kind of dumb. So, or going to New York city and being amazed. You saw a crazy homeless person. Um, so, she goes to look at it and they find it and they're like, Oh, it's one of these, uh, cave dwelling fish. It's a vault. And she's like, look at, I can see its insides. And they go, yeah, it's, it's evolved to not have, uh, to not need color and stuff like that. Just because it lives in the dark all the time. Yeah. There's no, so you can see, you can see through the fish and they're like, it also has evolved to not have eyes cause they serve no purpose, but it has a sight and sense of, uh, of smell, taste and hearing. And so Sylvester Stallone's daughter, and also before any of this happens, it looks like it's got some pretty jacked up teeth. Uh, yeah. And so Sylvester Stallone's daughter is like, I'm going to stick my finger at its face and see if I can touch it. And I was like, why would you do that? So she goes to do that, and then the fish howls like a witch and scares Sylvester Stallone's daughter into bumping into something and causing a bunch of stuff to fall over, and they get trapped in the chamber. Well, the, uh, or no, they don't get act. No, they don't get trapped in the chamber. It just gets really hard to see anything for about five minutes, and then they find one of the dads, uh, the the one guy that was hooking uh, hooking up with the Asian girl and took her scuba diving, uh, in the cave, and he's like, "Oh, none of you idiots thought to bring a guideline out." And I was like, "Yeah, why didn't any of you actually think of that?" And so as he's talking about this, he's like, "All right, I'll take you back out," and as he's talking about that the first shark swims by and eats him in really terrible CGI. Well, hold on. I'm going to, this is, this is the first of the two. Yeah. The first of two scenes that legitimately scared the crap out of me. Like, honestly, like the fish scared you. No, not the fish. No, the, okay. Cause that was so dumb. I don't think a fish could make a sound like that. Oh no, that's no, that was ridiculous. But when they knocked over the first statue and it caused a pillar and like three other pillars, like basically she did the domino effect that destroyed that entire chamber, but all that dust and the radio stopped working and the girls just freaking out, like literally couldn't see a thing. Honestly, that, I was having a, that did, that did freak me out too. I was having, a, um, dude, I was having a pretty bad panic attack right then. So, and then when she found the guy, like first off, that was a much more clever twist than the twist ending at the end of the first film. I'm glad the twist of the movie happened right then. That the fact that the that yeah. they found the guys. Yeah, that they're like, hey, 
this thing isn't as big as you think it is. We're, even though we're on the other side of it, we're actually pretty close to where you were. Yeah, the fact that that was the twist, and there wasn't a big twist for the ending itself, like, yeah. that was cool. And then, but I was, I was sitting there, and I was just like, I just, I wasn't getting mad at the movie. I was just kind of like, okay, movie, you, you know you're going to eat him. I know you're going to kill the guy. Just do it, just do it, just do it. Like, yeah, I was freaking they, they out. Yeah, that for a long time. I was freaking out. Well, it was that little bit of glimmer of hope, and then chomp, nope, take it away from you. Like, I knew. Well, what's funny, what's funny is it's the first time you get to see a shark, I think, or no, the shark actually swims behind the girl during the dust settling scene. Yeah, you see it, like, you see it behind her while it, she's freaking out. It, it swims by, and you it, the, it's your first glimpse of it, and it's the money shot of, like, look at our shark, and you just kind of like, oh. Yeah, no, even with the shark. No, don't tell me that's the CGI you went with. Yeah, ob- again, objectively, the CGI is terrible, but I just, in that moment, like, in the dust, I was just freaking out. Um, so so I was, I was, I will admit, I was pretty freaked out then, too. It starts dying off once the guy gets eaten by the shark. Um, and then they're like, hey, like, there's a shark. We got to get out of here. So they start swimming. And this is one thing that they do. Like, I, I don't know how many times I'm guessing between three to four times in the movie is they they're swimming away from a big open room to an incredibly small hallway. And the shark doesn't fit. But there's one girl that's kind of close to being eaten by the shark because just the, like the front of its face can get in there a little bit. And she's freaking out she's freaking out she's freaking out and they all start swimming towards the exit and the sharks thrashing around causes the other end to collapse and not the end it's on to collapse which doesn't make sense but as soon as that entrance as soon as that entrance gets closed i'm not kidding for the rest of the movie every ounce of tension was gone for me every ounce i as soon as soon as they're trapped in there i I actually felt less freaked out than when they could have just easily turned around and left. I, it more, it, it would ebb and flow for me. Like certain parts would be really creepy for me still, but for the most part, like when it's just them very unconvincingly, just like having some of the worst dialogue, like we're going to die in here. This is really bad guys. This is, I knew we should have been like anything that they said, like 90% of the dialogue was really bad. The, the the one of the things too like the, the fish scene what really should have happened and it, it kind of happens later in the movie not to the point where it like destroys something but what would have made more sense was Sylvester Stallone's daughter is the really stupid overly confident in her abilities character and what would have well, made way until more she, sense until the end when until her last scene in the movie when she just becomes yeah. a giant flailing idiot yeah literally flailing but um the the fish scene what they really should have done is, you know, maybe she, maybe, like, keep the, hey, I saw a movement thing, yeah, it's dumb and hokey, but she kind of wanders off, and she gets, she doesn't, she's not used to how big the scuba tank is on her, and she's like, oh, you know, go over here and see what it is, and then she gets hung up on something, and she, like, yanks kind of hard, and it just, it causes everything to fall over. That yeah. is much more believable to happen than a fish turning around and Steven Tylering everyone to, to deafness, and then, then then the rest of the movie happens. But yeah, so they're they're now trapped in this cave. They go try and find the guideline to go the opposite way out of the cave, and they're trying they're rushing against time for their before their oxygen goes out. Uh, so they they go through a couple things. Yeah, there's some scary moments with sharks, but 
Do you want to know the thing I thought was funny? Uh, the, the, oh, they do find out that the guideline is either cut or just wasn't long enough for where he was at. But do you want to know what I thought would have been really kind of ridiculous and funny? When, I mean, you already thought this when, movie was hilarious. <laughs> when they when they get to the section where they're uh, they, all four of them are in that air pocket and they take their their masks off. Yeah, after and they the one girl the one girl's like something's wrong with the air. Does it does it seem like it smells weird to you? I would have laughed if just one of them was like, "I had egg salad. I'm sorry." <laughs> That would have been funny. Uh, wasn't the, but, was that so, was that air pocket after they got b- behind that cage from the shark attacking them? Yeah. Th- so, yeah, that was r- that was right after that. Okay, that was. Oh, but that that also came after. Uh, so something I want to something I I want to point out early. I started having a lot of issues with the movie. With was they establish from the first moment you see a shark that there are multiple. Uh, cavities and tunnels in this thing that are not big enough for the sharks to fit through but they they make it look like it's the only entrance in and out of the room right yeah how are the sharks getting around i don't i don't know i didn't i didn't overly think about it because it does because the filmmakers clearly didn't either like this is exactly like um issues with the meg where or godzilla where physics don't matter like, it can be as big or as small as it wants to be for whatever the script wants it to be. It can just show up out of nowhere. It can break through anything that it needs to, or it can simultaneously be so weak that it can't destroy this tunnel. Are, are you talking 98 Godzilla? Yeah. I mean, I'm kind okay. of I'm kind of conflating, 40, like, shark logic and the monster logic. Like, it can break a tunnel when it needs to, but then it can also not break a metal cage. It can, but, but what it can but, pop what, up in this I'm, tunnel, but it won't fit in this tunnel. Like, whatever the script needs it to do, that's the extent of how strong or how weak it is. Kind of like how the the air meter, it'll only go down when they decide to look at it. Otherwise, they're under oh, there yeah, for dude, hours. The last, 20, the last 20 minutes of this movie does not care about their air percentage until at the very end they're like, what's your air percentage? Well, that's because they they spend they spend they spend so much time in this movie checking their air percentage that when they actually stop checking it, you notice. Well, the same with the first one. Like in the first movie, um, I read that realistically they should have died in seven minutes. Same with these girls. These girls. Oh wow, really? Yeah. Apparently, like in reality, like forty-seven percent of an average tank of oxygen, they would have died in like seven to ten minutes. Huh. I didn't know that. I mean, allegedly, uh, it's the internet. But, but in in this one, like, the sharks moving around, I had a huge problem with it because they established at the very end there are two of the cave sharks. Um, only two. And the sharks just move freely. Now, I'm not going to confidently say that there is only one entrance and one uh, exit in each one of these rooms that they end up going into, but the movie plays it like that because it makes you think there is one entrance and one exit to every single one of these rooms. It makes it seem very linear. Yeah. So, I don't know how the sharks are moving because they're too big to get through the tunnels. I I don't know. And then that also asks if the girls are too dumb to... Well, I mean, maybe the only, like, big obvious tunnels they don't want to go through because it's like it's like in a crime film where you don't want to take the highways, you just want to take the back roads, maybe. Yeah. But, I mean, again, that might be giving the writers too much credit. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's too much credit. Um, and then we happen upon the dumbest scene in the movie. Uh, throughout, this, th- throughout this time that they're in this air pocket room, they're trying to figure out what to do, and they're like, we need to go. And then they go, wait a minute, do you hear music? 
So when they said that, at first, I was like, oh, her dad and the, and the other guy scuba diving, they're in another part of the, of the underwater cave thing. They're, in the, they're on that they're other in, side. They're in another air pocket, uh, and they're playing music while they work. The one girl's like, okay, well, I'm I'm the experienced one, and it's a and we're running low on air. Let me go, I'll find him, see if we can bring back some extra air tanks, and then uh, I'll also try and bring help this way. So she goes, and it, and it shows the room she's going to is not her dad; it's the other guy that is working with her dad that's not dead, and this room is completely flooded, completely submerged underwater. Throughout the entire movie, they're showing that, hey, if you make sounds while, while underwater, it's muffled, it's distorted, uh, the sound waves travel faster through water. Unless you're a, it, it, unless you're a shrieking, sound, unless you're a shrieking uh, fish. No, even the, dude, even the fish, like, it sounds like it was making a sound underwater. Unless you have whatever speaker this guy's using, because they swim into this cave, and it sounds crystal clear. I l- this guy's just listening to music like you would if you were you know in a regular shop welding except they're like oh it's underwater but it comes through crystal clear no sound distortion anything i love that this bothers you so much (laughs) dude i i'm not kidding you that that entire scene i was i was just sitting there and i was like cool you ruined the movie like it the thing because they use they use the music for the for the scare of him getting killed because he's in he's in the room alone and then he's working, and something knocks something over. So he goes to go pick it up, and then the and then the the song starts skipping. And then it's so he a, goes back to where <laughs> he goes back to where he was, and he's like, "What is this?" And then the shark swims up behind him and kills him. Yeah, and I just want to. That's I just, cool. I just want to throw that I love that it's a CD player, by the way. Like. <laughs> yeah, that's that's all cool and everything, except there's a shark and you're underwater, so. The sound doesn't work. The entire setup for this scare does not work. Yeah, it, I mean, yes, it does. It doesn't bother me at at this point in the movie. It didn't really bother me. Like I didn't over. I I was invested enough still that like I didn't take a moment to think. Oh wait, do speakers actually work that well underwater? Because I don't have no. any experience with it. But like, um, hearing you explain it just it, it makes me laugh so much that like. This speci- so I'm not bad. surprised that this bothers you the most because you have a history with guitars and music, but at the same time, it's just like, at this point, are you surprised that the movie clearly didn't think speakers through? I'm, like- <laughs> look, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not saying this as a pun. I'm just saying it because it's, it's the saying. I was honestly surprised it jumped the shark that bad. Dude, On a scale of jumping it- sharks, though, I mean, this is jumping over like a guppy. Like... <laughs> Dude, yes, but at the same time, and I know I am making a mountain out of a molehill, but dude, from the moment they start the scare, it doesn't work. It's not, yeah, they go through it, and then kind of in the beginning, you start seeing the holes with it. The moment they start it, it doesn't work. Yeah. So the do- the daughter goes there after the guy gets eaten, and then the dad's like, oh, you gotta be quiet, there's sharks around here. So they go back. They go get the they go get the other girls. They work on getting out of the cave. That's like I know the way out. So they go into essentially where the girls started. It's it's one of those like inlet, kind of looks like a pond things, but it's it's salt water. It's kind of it's kind of like a it's kind of like a crater slash cliff that has a big yeah. pool under it. Yeah, 
And so the dad's like, all right, well, the way that we're getting out of here is we have this rope and it's got like this kind of weird winch mechanism in it and it hoists you up through, uh, up to the edge and then you're out. And so they, they start doing it and one of the girls looks at, at the, one of the, the one girl's going up, uh, the one that was dating the guy that is already dead or yeah, I was dating the guy that, that I was working with. And so they're, they're winching themselves up. They're convinced the sharks can't get out because like us are like, Oh, they can't fit the, through the tunnels. There's no way they're getting out. And then part of the way through the one girl winching herself up, one of the girls looks down and sees the sharks swimming around them. They start freaking out. Sylvester Stallone's daughter proves to be the stupidest person in the movie. Uh, and also one of the most fit, she would have passed gym class in every eighties movie I've ever seen. Cause she climbed a rope. Yeah, she no clearly like obviously she's got Stallone as her dad. She probably has a workout regimen. Yeah, so she she the one girl's winching herself up, and then Sylvester Stallone's daughter like scrambles up this rope, gets to the top. They're talking about hey, you know it, it's not going to hold the weight of both of you. So the dad's like hey, she's not listening. You need to unhook yourself just until she clears it, and then we can try this again. And Sylvester Stallone's daughter gets to the top, and she reaches for a rock. The rock gives hilariously um because why would it hold her like <laughs> well the th- the th- not, not even that just like she grabs the rock and from the moment she grabs it it's loose and i was like just grab something else why are you holding on to this like she she literally like the moment make, she makes contact with this rock it physically moves it's like all right grab something else or dig your hand into the dirt no she just holds on to that rock and is like well if i push down on it it won't move right like no so everything gives, and then one of my, and then another one of my biggest pet peeves starts with this movie. It's just out of nowhere, this movie becomes obsessed with stylized slow motion. Hold on, this slow mo shot wasn't that bad. I don't think. I, here, okay, here's the thing. I will give this one slow motion shot credit. Yeah, this. The rest of them become really distracting. Well, in the first, this, the, the the very the, start of the movie starts with a slow mo shot too. Yeah. Okay. Well, but that one I didn't really consider a slow mo shot because it was the opening credits. Yeah. It starts the movie. It's not. It's not interrupting a scene. Oh uh, yeah. Okay. This one, I see, yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Th- this one. She falls and it does a slow mo shot and I was like, all right, you know what? It works because it, to me it was it was like at the end of the first one where. It cuts back to her sitting in the bottom of the cage, laughing because she's because she's hallucinating. Yeah. And the girl falling to me was like that significant moment of like I'm right there. I I can get it. I I almost had it and I can't reach it. Yeah. And then she falls in the water and gets uh, twisted. <laughs> she gets twisted in half. Like I don't even have an analogy for it. She gets twisted in half and ripped apart by the sharks. Yeah, and she falls so then, she falls so far below everybody else that she gets eaten immediately. And so they they have this emergency beacon that they had that gets it's from the it's not the same beacon from the first one, but it gets used in the first one to scare off the sharks. And they find out the sharks don't like the frequency of the sound that's beeping. I thought they used a flare in the first film, or was it was it, did they? I can't remember if it was a flare or a beacon, but I mean, regardless, it sets it sets up the same. Oh, they did use a they did use a flare because they would swing it and you would see the shark, and in this one it just pulsated. Yeah. So that. Um, but then anyway, before before so, they so, yeah. So they find out the sharks don't like the frequency that it's beeping with them, and it. And oh wait wait wait, wait hold away. on no hold on pause, we skipped you skipped over the uh, the deep blue sea moment. No, I didn't. 
I'm building to it like the movie did. No, the no, the no, the dad. No. Remember? No, 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 no. Because they're freaking out and they ignite that they ignite that thing again and oh. the sharks swim away. Never mind. Right, right, right. Sorry, I got my scenes mixed up. So, so they, they, the sharks swim off. They're like, hey, they're scared of this. They they won't come near it because uh, because the sound freaks them out. So the dad's talking. And the dad's deep blue, Samuel L. Jackson, deep blue seeing the daylights out of this scene. And, like, the whole time he's talking, his speech is so generic that I, I was just sitting there and I was like, all right, when's the shark kill him? Oh, even me. Like, I was a little creeped out at this moment. Like, not that bad, but, like, the same thing with, like, when the guy died in the in the Sandy part. I was at the same, I was just like you. I was just like, okay, you're getting way too much screen time for this speech you're gonna die in three two and then boom boom dragon in the water and uh, did you find it weird how little the girl cared i mean yeah she gets she cries and she freaks out and then actually you know what i take that back she's still in survival mode every she's in survival mode i'll take that back every death she had a slow-mo shot of just (gasps) but like if the mouth wasn't the sound wasn't slow mo, which honestly they might as well have because I've been really funny with her just going. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> they they're like they go to Sylvester Stallone. They're like, hey, since you're on set, can you help us with something? Can you just sound like you're in slow motion without actually slowing slowing down some audio? Hey, yeah, it's what I do. Hey, no, somebody just walks up behind his walks up behind him, slaps out his latte. <laughs> that sounded like a walrus getting shaved. Um, <laughs> so the the uh, the dad was like, "Hey, you know, we can't get out of this thing, but if we go back down and we go go through this one thing, you can come out and it feeds out to the ocean. But the currents are really strong." So they try to do that. Uh, they try doing that. The one sister, as they're like climbing the side of this rock, gets sucked down in the current. Uh, is that how currents? It's, it's, is that how currents work? By the way, <laughs> is there? Would there be just this? How? Would this? Would there just fluid, be this permanent current? Like in? I don't know how currents work. Like part of me just. Part, fluid dynamics is one thing I was really bad at in physics. Um, the thing that I usually understood were understood were circuits and sound waves. Hence, making an electric guitar made a lot of sense, um, but. I, I never really understood that. I also understood light waves to a certain extent, but fluid dynamics I was really bad with. Um, this isn't science class. We're talking about a terrible horror movie. <laughs> yeah, I know, but I, I don't know if that's how currents work, but the one daughter, the one girl gets sucked down to the bottom. And then they're, they're walking around the outs, uh, going around the outside. The two trailer park girls go around the outside. As they go around the outside, around the outside, they get into catch, another... Catch, catch me outside. <laughs> That's <laughs> oh, an Eminem reference, bro. Oh no, uh, no, I know. I'm just standing on the catch me outside. How about that? So the the one the one girls go. They're like, oh look, we made it to the cave that your dad said to go to, and then one of the sharks shows up, knocking on the door, asking if we got a moment to talk about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and he bites the scuba tank on the one on the one girl, right? Yeah, well on that's the, well that's on what the we, Asian girl. Yeah, well that's what we learned from Jaws is that uh, sharks really think uh, aluminum tins or tanks, metal tanks, whatever, are delicious. <laughs> so, she she has an interesting thought, and I understand it in the mo- like this is the best death in the movie. Well, this is the this I is think. the saddest. Yeah, this this the, I. I think I think it's the most well executed. Like it does not come across as a gory horror movie death. 
it comes across as a really like emotionally driven death in a drama. Oh, for sure. This was this was no, this was so tragic. Yeah. So she 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 realizes the only chance I have is to take this off this air tank. And so she takes it off and she starts swimming and she drowns and you watch her drown and it's due to the limitations of the budget I think it could have been a been maybe acted or something about it could have been a little bit better but it's really really good and she she drowns you watch her drown and she floats up and then the one girl got uh she freaked out when she saw the girl get attached so she gets sucked down into the current and she finds her stepsister they're like, we gotta get out of here. Well, well, don't, and the well, sharks... don't play. Well, I mean, it's not that it, obviously. I called that she was alive, but no. When Sasha was got pulled into the current first, and then the sister gets down into the current too. But then she happens to land right by Sasha, and she gets down with the sickness. The, the rest of the film is them. Like it's them. It's like the two stepsisters. They're coming together. It doesn't earn the payoff that it's trying to have, but like it's this. Yeah. This now these two sisters coming together. And this is a big life moment for them saving each other. They've been attacked by by sharks, and they've been scraped along the walls, and they're bleeding. So now they're blood sisters. Yeah. <laughs> um. So they they manage to get out of the cave. Pretty pretty. Uh, the scene that you think would have happened at the beginning of the movie happens at the end, where their air tanks get caught on the caves as they're trying to get out, and the sharks trying to get them. The sharks manage to survive being blown down in the currents too, but whatever. So yeah, they so, yeah get... somehow, like they didn't try to have a shark attack them in the currents, but then when the script wants them to, when they happen to be stuck in the in that little yeah. wedge, oh, guess what? The shark's there now. Like, yeah, monster logic. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the monster's there. Why? It just is. Because it's um, a monster movie, duh. Like, <laughs> the the monster's there. Why? It just is. That doesn't make sense. I just did a line of cocaine. Do you think anything makes sense to me right now? Like, that's the producer's line of thoughts of this movie. Um, but so they, they get out, they get up to the surface and they're like, Oh, we survived. And they're like, Oh, we, we got, they hug and start talking in the water. And my instinct would be get out of the damn water. Well, when like, they get out of there, this isn't, this isn't Saturday night live. There are not land sharks. Get out of the freaking water and your nightmares over, but they're hugging. They're like, Oh, we survived. We're fine. We got to get out of the water. And they're like, what do we do? And the entire time, they're showing like they're pretty close to the shore, but there's a bunch of cliffs. But the entire time, I'm just like, swim left like 70 yards and you're fine. Like you could climb up the side of that cliff pretty easy because it was a really short cliff. Oh, I couldn't. T- I couldn't tell. It seemed to me that like I couldn't see a clearly like something that they could have climbed easily or like even a shoreline. There was a re- there was and it wasn't even a sheer cliff. Like it was just slopey and rocky but they i think they could have relatively easily gotten up it but instead they turn around and look and they see a boat and as soon as i saw the boat i was like oh it's the glass bottom boat i don't think that was supposed to be that big a twist but then again it's these writers so maybe that was supposed to be like a big surprise even though it was pretty obvious that was that boat not just some fishing boat or a charter boat like i yeah it was so obvious that it was going to be that boat so when so, so when they start swimming to it, surprise! They start they start swimming through it, and the and the camera is at that level where the waves are kind of brushing up over it. And after like three waves, the fourth wave comes up and it's red. They're chumming the waters for the great whites. And uh, again, I was like, they noticed they realized they're like oh, they're chumming the water. And I was like, swim 
left. They do it. They do an above shot. Like, geez, just sw- they start swimming towards the boat. But at that point, at, towards the at that point though, like they're gonna hit one shark. Like if like well, the well, they're swimming. They're swimming in the direction of where the chum is coming from. Swim to your left. Swim to your right. Signify you're in the water. Somehow, granted, yeah, the one guy's got headphones. Or you can just go up on land. You don't need to go towards the boat. But again, at that point, though, like before, before they got into the chum, yeah, they could have done that. But once you're in the chum, dude, there is no way that they were gonna completely miss the sharks. They were gonna come from 360 degrees. They were gonna hit a shark at that point. So they they start swimming towards the boat, and it's the boat that the bully girl is on, and they they see that they see that there's chum. They turbo time it to the boat, and uh, they they get relatively close, and then one or both of them gets yanked down. I can't remember. No, which. they re- they rescued uh, Maya. wasn't Wasn't that her? Well, no, 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 no. They they swim. They because dude, it's another inconsistency that makes no sense. They get yanked down, and then the the people are underneath on the boat looking at and the glass bottom. Oh, part. right, right, right. Yeah, they both did. Yeah. And then and then both girls smack up like their hand on the boat and pull themselves up. And I was like, holy crap! There's bloody people swimming in the water. We better go rescue them. Yeah. And then it cuts to an aerial shot, and the girls that were touching the side of the boat three seconds ago are now about 25 yards away from the boat. Right. Oh, <laughs> I didn't even notice. <laughs> That's hilarious. So, so they're like at a ra- uh, uh, race to the finish to get to the boat before a shark gets them. Uh, the, uh, My, the Mia gets the, saved first, but then Sasha Mia, get, Mia gets saved. She gets up on the boat. They started they started dressing her. Yeah, then Sasha and then gets pulled the, down. The Sasha is actually on the step and gets yanked down by a shark, which is exactly so what Mia, happened in the first film. <laughs> yeah. So Mia. Mia decides to go all Jaws and Rambo, and they're like getting stuff to address her wounds out of this out of this uh, emergency thing on the boat. She sees a flare gun and she just grabs it and jumps back in the water and decides to shoot the shark with a flare. This was the worst CGI in the entire yeah. film. Was that slow mo shot? Why do you do a slow mo shot with that much CGI in it? It looked horrible. Like the shark slowly Dude, letting is, go. This is also like, this is also like the fourth slow mo shot in the finale of the movie. Oh my god, there was so much slow mo in this final moment. So, like so, so stupid. She swims, she swims down, shoots the shark, grabs the sister, race against time. Mia's the last one to get in the boat. Yeah, this Sa- time, Sasha gets she, taken. The shark. Yeah, Sasha gets out, shark, and then Maya gets dragged down now. The shark misses her leg, and it really looks like she wasn't lifting her leg to avoid a shark. It looks like that was just her natural step. And then they were just like, yeah, we're just going to edit the shark to miss her foot. Uh, probably could have jumped maybe like three feet higher. No, 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 no. It's just convenient. And so they get on there, and the one bully girl is looking at her after this girl's covered in blood, having survived multiple shark attacks. Well, you didn't shooting a shark with a flare and rescuing your stepsister. She makes well, my, eye contact well, with this girl, well, and just like they walk off. And I was like, I would have loved if she just shoved the bully in the water and let her get eaten by the sharks. Well, you well, you, you just glanced over like after Sasha gets saved, Maya gets dragged down, and then that foreshadowed tooth. When she's getting bitten, she oh, pulls. Yeah, she pulls out. Perhaps she I, pull, I forgot. In, in the first one, they rip the thing's freaking eye out. Well, yeah, and then in this one, that tooth that was presented in the first part of the film, it became um. Oh, what was it? A knife. 
That's not a knife. This is a knife. Uh, what? Chekhov's. This was Chekhov's gun, but now it's Chekhov's great white shark tooth. Stabs the shark in the eye, gets let go, and then she gets out of the water. Because the movie couldn't help itself but to have three jump scares with, like, we're at the boat! Nope. Oh, maybe this time? Nope. Like, nope. <laughs> uh, but then, yeah, that's how the movie ends, at least as far as I know. I had to go run to Good Boys, but um, there was... Did you stay through yeah, the credits? It... No, I, I normally... I normally will try and figure out if there's a post credit scene. If uh, like I'll usually as the credits are rolling and the lights are up, I'll usually pull up Google and look, is there a post credit scene? I didn't even do it for this one because I don't, I don't know what they could have teased for, for like as a stinger. Yeah. Um, Honestly, I didn't care. Like I needed, like I already didn't like this movie and then good boys was starting literally in 10 minutes. So I had to go run to it. (laughs) Oh, I had an hour to kill in between it. I wish I did. I was so hungry. So, so, But so so it like it it ends and I, I just was like oh thank God and it was funny no one in my theater like really seemed like oh my gosh that was so terrifying they all kind of just seemed like all right let's go home I I oh I didn't get to mention it we kind of went through it really fast but the second part of the there out of the two scenes that scared me to death like that Sandy part at the beginning and then after the dad gets eaten and they go down. And they recreate that scene from the first film where instead of going up in the dark water and the sharks are almost biting them. I hated that. The, the sec- this time they're going back down and I, the, thing is I bli- hated- the thing is blinking this time. And I just, I don't care. How, every sequel we're going to get inevitably is going to have this scene recreated. I'm convinced now. And I just, something about that just literally being inches away. And the only thing that's saving you is that light. That is, that is going to scare me every time in all these sequels that are going to happen. Like so, so I hated that scene, but not for it being the scene. It's because they did it in slow mo. That scene didn't need to be in slow mo. Like if it was if it was average speed, it would have worked for me. Not gonna lie, I cannot confirm or deny if it was because that scene I actually like was like fighting myself not to completely cover my eyes because I knew that was going to scare me. And I tried really hard to watch it like unobjectively, but I just it, couldn't. I it was it was I remember it being in slow motion just because like there's certain parts where it's like it whirls around in a way where the speed is too distorted to be regular speed. It, well, to me, it, to me, I mean, what, but if but if it's if it's regular speed, I get I will say this. If that scene's regular speed, I would have been freaked out by it, too. Well, it was overly edited too, like. If it was slow-mo or not, I can't, I couldn't tell again. But the fact that it was, like, light black, light black, light black. Like, that strobing effect also scared the crap out of me, too. So, like, yeah, I can't say that I watched it all the way through un- uninterrupted. Because, yes, I was kind of covering my eyes a little bit. But, uh, yeah, outside of those two scenes, uh, yeah, we've already beat this to I, death. This movie's uh, honestly I've, pretty bad. I've got, I do have something I want to point out, though. Sure. Uh, like I said, I was going to mention the shallows later when I heard about this movie and that it was 47 meters down uncaged. My first thought was, Oh, it's the shallows. That's what I thought the sequel should have been is, you know, it, 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 the whole time it really felt like (laughs) just sitting there. I was like, what would be a great follow-up to that movie where you're trapped at the bottom of the ocean? What if you're not running out of air, but you're running out of blood and you're trapped on a rock and you can't get to shore because of these sharks? 
Well, you just answered your the shallows. You just answered your own question. Why they wouldn't do that? Because that would be a ripoff of the shallows. I know, but what I'm getting at is, not only not only did they not do what would have made sense to be the sequel, the sequel came out before the original even came out. Yeah, honestly, well, honestly though, <laughs> so, just re- so their well, re- their best se- their best sequel they could have made actually was made before the original in this movie series came out. But see, again, we're going back to that's a smarter idea than what the writers came up with was is just rehashing the first one but instead of trapped in a ca- and trapped in a cage you're trapped in a maze which honestly I don't think is that bad an idea me either i i again i th- i think the shallows is like the best sequel they could have made i do like the introduction of the maze in this it's just the way this movie was made the moment they got trapped all the tension went away for me it doesn't help that- I, I, it's not it's not that the concept's not scary the execution of this is what's not scary. The horrible, the horrible CGI, the horrible acting, the fairly predictable script. Yes, that's what made you know, that's what you made what this idea scene, terrible. You know what one scene actually should have been really effective that didn't work at all for me in this was, and it's it's a ripoff of a scene that was in the original. Are you are you gonna say the, are you gonna say the red light scene again? <laughs> no, 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 no. It's the scene where. They're swimming around and the sharks swimming above them and they have to like dip down as low as they can and not move so that the shark won't see or hear them. Right. That like they did with the air tanks at the end of the first one. Yeah. Yeah. That that scene that scene was had the chance to be good, but the CGI was so bad in this movie. That I was like, they're not in danger because that doesn't look even remotely close to real. Yeah. No, I. It, the only the only way this shark could have looked worse is if it was the Jaws 3D shark swimming towards the glass at the end of Jaws 3D, where it like they're like, oh my god, it's coming right for us, and then they cut to it and it's not moving. It's just oh like hovering god. closer to the camera that, and then it hits it. I saw that. My friend showed me that when I was working in Orlando, because I worked for a park involved with water and aquatic animals, I won't say more than that, but um, SeaWorld was involved with uh, Jaws 4, and, oh my... Bizarre. Oh my God. Bizarre sponsorship. Come to our park where you'll die. Oh my God. That was... You'd think Disney sponsored it and was like, we'll pay the naming rights for SeaWorld. Good Lord, those effects were terrible. Like... Yeah. But no, it's... uh, I got I got one story that doesn't really involve this one, but it does involve the first one, which I, I this is just a cool little story that I read about. Um, the first film was supposed to come out in 2016, and the first 47 meters down. Yeah, the first one w- okay. was supposed to come out in 2016 as a straight to video release, believe it or not. And I can buy that. What ended up happening though is that. Uh, I'm trying to remember exactly the cause and effect, but like it wasn't. Did it play at a festival and get really good reviews? No, like something with the studio. Something with the studio. I think it was a test screening. Um, they decided to take a gamble on it. Like the uh, the test screenings ended up going better than anticipated. So mm. um, hold on, I'm actually trying to pull up the story because I don't want to butcher it as much as I already am. Um, here we go. I think I have it right here. 
in, uh, yes, here it is. In 2016, it was supposed to be a straight-to-video and video-on-demand release, and it was supposed to be called In the Deep. Uh, and it was originally owned by Anchor Bay and the Weinstein Company. Ooh. Yeah, but then um, they shelved the film. They decided to just not do that. And they sold it to uh, Byron Allen, who owns Entertainment Studios Motion Pictures. Again, that's really that sounds like that sounds like he's like, I want to name my studio Prestige Worldwide, uh, sir. That's from Step Brothers. Okay, figure something else that's stupid. Yeah, what's the most general name you could come up with? Um, so then Byron Allen bought it off of them because obviously Anchor Bay and, Warner, and uh, Weinstein didn't have any faith in this movie, and yeah. he decided to wide release it in 2017. So, like, a year and a half after this movie was filmed, um, and coincidentally, he could take advantage of Mandy Moore blowing up because of This Is Us, <laughs> this movie made bank. This was made for so cheap. I don't remember how many millions it was made for. It, was, um, it wasn't that It wasn't close to, like, maybe $10 million, $10 million tops. But then this movie made easily two, three times, maybe even, like... I think it landed somewhere in the 60s or 70s, but, um, or no, yeah. somewhere around there. Not quite 100, but obviously more than enough for its returns. And that's literally the only reason we got this sequel was because somebody decided to take a shot on it. And honestly, wh what are the chances we would have even been talking about the first one if somebody didn't stand up to Bob Weinstein and say, hey, you're not moving this movie. I'll move it for you. Like... Yeah. And honestly, the first one was pretty good. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I just watched it Sunday, and I I would give it, I would give it between a really really solid half pan or a really really weak, uh, uh, full pan. Full pan. Yeah. I would have to. I would honestly have to watch it again to know what I'd give it. But dude, it it pulled off the tension so well. Yeah. No, I give. And I give the. And then this. And then this movie just. It it, it does multiple things that the first one did, but it doesn't understand why they worked in the first one. It just understands that they were in the first one and their memorable moments. So let's do it again. <sighs> just diminishing returns that's all it is when you boil it down to its basic atoms it's just diminishing returns and clearly less investment into it than the first one yeah. in all front in all fronts budgetary creatively i give the first one a solid full pan i think the first one is terrifying i hate that twist ending at the end though like honestly like i said i hate the just kidding none of that happened but this i don't mind like i said i don't mind it as if they would have just let it be darker yeah like not her being rescued just like well, her friend yeah. still died. I mean, yeah. like the fact that honestly, th honestly, reviewing these these movies, you know what we did learn? What? Hollywood. If you have any job openings, contact me and Dan because we're at least creative. Yep. Yeah. Well, let's let's work at Entertainment Motion Picture Studios Productions, like <laughs> for a week before it goes under. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's all I got on this one. It's a solid. Uh, Single brownie for me. I'm not. I don't dislike it enough to go cookie, but single cookie for me, or single brownie. Yeah, single, single, single cookie for me. Yeah. All right. Well, with that, we're gonna take our trip into the time machine, and we're gonna go to New York City, 1995, and follow Johnny Lee Miller and Angelina Jolie in the underground world of hackers. We'll be right back.
Alright everybody, Nick and I have just gotten out of the time machine, and we have landed in New York City, 1995, and we're here to talk about Hackers. This film is directed by Ian Softley, who is most notable for directing this, along with the Kevin Smith. <laughs> this is his most notable movie? Well, this is a notable film. His resume is not really that large, so that's kind of why, uh, but this is... Uh, it was this film, and he also directed uh, K-Pax, the Kevin Spacey film. Uh, he also directed The Skeleton Key, which I really, really like with uh, Kate Hudson in it. Um, I think that film's pretty underrated. Um, hmm. And then he also directed the kids' film uh, Inkheart, based on that book, if you ever saw that. Um, no. Yeah, I didn't either. <laughs> he also directed two episodes of Outcast, um, which is, uh, or the first two episodes of Outcast. Was it the Hey Ya episode? It, hey ya! No. Hey ya! Oh. <laughs> like a puddle I made a, I made a, I made a TikTok reference, and you. <laughs> Your TikTok. That was, that was pretty funny. <laughs> um, uh, fun fact about the writer, uh, Raphael uh, Moreau. Uh, he's got three total yes. credits um, in terms of writing. Um, he wrote a TV series. He was a story editor on. Some remake of The Lone Gunman from 2001. Um, and it's... Uh, I don't know anything about the show. But the only other two credits he has, in terms of a writer, is Writing Hackers and The Rage 2. Which I'm not even fa- I'm not even familiar with The Rage 1, if I'm being honest. Um, uh, I am not either, but that's the most ridiculous movie title ever. That is. What's your movie called? The Rage Two. Oh, I've heard so okay, many. Okay, okay, twelve-year-old guy. Oh, I've heard so many dumber titles than that. Um, <laughs> anyway, I watched. Uh, I watched a scene from Sharktopus and Terracuda. So yeah, I've heard dumber titles too. Wait, that I thought you were gonna say giant. I, I thought you were gonna say Mega Squid versus Giant Sharktopus or something like that. No, no, there's a new one. Conan O'Brien's actually in it. He dies. Oh my god. Uh, it's Sharktopus versus Terracuda. Jesus, that sounds so terrible. Why? Oh, why do you? You have no idea. Why do you watch sci-fi films? <laughs> I did. I didn't watch it. I went downstairs to get breakfast this morning, and my dad's like, "Uh, you need to sit down and watch this." <laughs> and also, and, it, and he goes, "And also, everything you're about to see, yes, you're seeing it." Oh my God. <laughs> God bless your dad. Um, <laughs> this film. Uh, anyway, this film stars. Uh, Johnny Lee Miller, who you probably know best from uh, the Sherlock Holmes TV show Elementary. Um, it also stars Angelina Jolie, obviously Tomb Raider, among other things. Uh, this film also... Who looks like she's 12. Uh, this was her... Oh, this was super early in her credits. Um, I, yeah. She... Uh, this was, I want to say, her second film. Uh, yes, this was her second... Or no, this was... This was her first film. She'd been in a couple shorts... And straight-to-video things, but, um... Yeah. Yeah, no, this was, like, her first, like, big leading role, and she looks it, for sure. Um, it also has Matthew Lillard, who, uh, played Shaggy in 2000 Scooby-Doo. <laughs> Scooby! Oh, no! <laughs> and, and, if you, and if you believe it, he seems more high in this movie than when he played Shaggy. Oh, my God, his hair... Ugh, I hate his character. His whole his whole appearance in this movie, I, and not just visually, like his whole time in this movie. Uh, this film also has Jesse Bradford, who I call Discount Ch- Kyle Chandler. Um, if you look at him now versus him at fifteen in this film, um, 
he's most notable for um he was in Fives of Our Fathers, Bring It On. Um, he's got a wide-ranging TV resume outside of that. Like, I, uh, he was in West Wing for a hot minute. Um, if you Google him, I guarantee you, you know his face and get what so I. The guy that was in like Sherlock or something. Maybe I don't. I don't know. He just looks like a. Is it the guy that's the main character of the movie? The the one that gets arrested after the shower. He's got the long hair. Joey. Um, no, it's the guy. It's it's the guy that's zero cool or whatever. What what about Zero Cool? Sorry. I uh, honestly it's not important. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um anyway, the the villain of the film or the villains of the film, I should say, because it goes across three different people. Um Fisher Stevens is he's credited as the plague even though he's got a real name, but Fisher Stevens is the guy that makes the virus. Uh Lorraine Bracco, um she is uh most known as the therapist in The Sopranos. She's like Fisher Stevens' secretary. Um she tells him that you're gonna cause an ecological disaster. Uh, <laughs> probably my favorite line in the film, um, if not one that Angelina says. Um, and then when my favorite line in the film is the last one because then it's over. Say that again. My favorite line in the film is the last one because then it's over. Oh. <laughs> um, but then uh, Wendell Pierce is in this as well. Wendell Pierce. Oh my God! Great, 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 great actor uh, from The Wire and. Um, he was also in that um, that show about um, New Orleans, Treme. Uh, awesome, awesome, amazing character actor. I love him. And then uh, Mark Anthony has a surprisingly weird little cameo in this, and same with Penn Jillette. Um Yeah. I thought I was like, why is Penn in this? And Penn, if you think about it, his scene, he's what, a security guard? Like, he, he's just a guy who monitors the computer. But doesn't know it damn thing about computers <laughs> did you notice that dude 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 it's it's a it's a 90s movie about the internet no one making these movies knew a damn thing about the internet or computers and, or reality or actual human behavior dude him he didn't know a thing about computers but he gets to work in this place that looks like it came out of Tomorrowland. and then the other security guard at the beginning of the film fell for the stupidest story uh yeah my, dan, yeah but dan have you ever worked anywhere ever I yes. How are you shocked that a guy has a job doing something he has no idea how to do? Honestly, a, a, that's half of people that are employed in the world. My BLT drive isn't working, and Mr. Kawasaki's gonna get up my butt um, unless I talk to Eddie Vedder right now. Like, <sighs> did you actually fall for that, dude? Like, for real? Like, it's like, how do you not get any of these references? Oh my god, the <laughs> the BLT drive honestly made me laugh a little bit, but um, I found this movie really hard to sit through because i don't know about you i couldn't stand any of the main characters when you really think about it because they're all doing something illegal and then someone's like stop doing it and then they get angry about that well that's what that's that's the counterculture this movie was like we gotta we got this is the time machine we gotta set the stage a little bit like this is 1995 like everything was extreme well and honestly like you're lucky. You're the rich kid family, prob- probably. I mean, maybe I'm blanketing, but um, from what I can recall, like in the late '90s or mid '90s, like it was a big deal if you had dial-up internet, like Earthlink. We didn't have a computer in our house till 2004. My, uh, I can't remember what year specifically. Like it probably was late thousands, even yeah, before I even had a computer. So like, even then, like, 
the mo the majority of the general public outside of Al Gore didn't know jack about technology. Yeah, because Al Gore invented the internet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, like, I kind of get like where they could get away with at the time, like having like uh, <laughs> they could get away with all this BS because no one could call them on it at the time. Well, yeah, exactly. Like the fact that like. These gra- these graphics like look better than that's like that's why that's why time travel movies nowadays can get away with whatever they want because if that ever gets figured out people are probably gonna be like yeah none of what we thought was even remotely close well let's not apples and orange time travel with like that like um, the time machine would have a much bigger ramification than just figuring out how to get into somebody's like bank account like um, <laughs> but. Like, the fact that, like, all these graphics are, like, super stylized, and there's fire, and there's fancy text, like, like, PowerPoint wasn't a thing then, but these were more elaborate than some PowerPoints we even see even now. Like, everything's like a video game, and, like, um, there's, like, think of, like, uh, early, think of, like, the Space Jam website, where it's got, like, the gifs of, like, the planet spinning, and, like, um, or all the tropey things where, like, when you're making fun of an old website, like, there's a mouth, like, sticking its tongue out, like, the Rolling Stone thing. Did, did you like, in this movie, when the, the main villain guy gets out of a car, skateboards up next to a guy, and steals the thing, and then skateboards back into the van, and this is supposed to be the guy that's, like, the main internet, like, main e-security guy for a multi-billion dollar company oh my god and he's in and he's in his mid-30s and i was like wow he did that and also he's got the douchiest beard i've ever seen oh he looks like if he looks like if alan rickman could look if he looked like alan rickman's character in uh die hard but even lamer like he was trying yeah. to dress up as him for Halloween. Like, <laughs> did you did you like at the end of the movie when he's like, "Is that the best you got?" And he's like, he's just sitting there furiously typing. Yeah. <laughs> Is that the best you can do? Is that the best you can do? <laughs> like that's the whole scene. Everything about this was just so. I kind of love and hate at the same time. Like how overly dramatic. Like all the like. No one uses a mouse. Yeah. No, everything's just like quick, well, everything's just like quick keys and like going into like. Have you opened that thing, um, in the computer where it's like the actual hardcore like programming where you need to know like DOS and things like that? Like, um, or maybe that's not the right terminology. Like, I'm not saying I'm a tech expert at all. You I'm mean gonna the put matrix it up. screen. Yeah. No, I've not. Everything they were kind of programming like was going through that. Where like, you really get into like the programming aspects of it. So like, even now, like I mean. You can figure, I mean, you, people get degrees for all that and stuff now, but, like, it's kind of funny that, like, he's, like, a super genius of it. And even when he's without a computer for five years, he can just magically, like, technology was just Dude, somehow that, slow enough that he could just... That punishment was a load of crap. Well, that was a bit extreme, wasn't it? Like... No, how on earth are they going to enforce that that child can't ever come in contact I mean, I can understand maybe no computers. That's easy to enforce. But, dude, how can you ensure that he has no contact with a non-rotary phone? Yeah, without actually locking him up into juvie. Like, yeah. No, I, yeah. I 100% agree. If he's that big of a threat to society, just put a bullet in his head. Well, think of the... Uh, well, oh, my God. I'd... Not capital punishment, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> like, actually lock him up in juvie or, like, uh, I don't know, like... Or... Or put him on a bus to juvie, maybe have some explosives on the bottom, blow him up. 
what is what is with you in this extreme violence? This movie was lacking in child death. <laughs> I'm a simple guy. Where's the explosions in my movie? You know what would actually be kind of a neat idea? What? What if they combine this with the butterfly effect? A high tech butter. You're losing me. High tech butterfly effect. So like he he hacks he hacks in to this thing, like some big mainframe thing, and he uncovers some kind of corruption in this company, like that like they kind of reveal in this movie, and then he. Uh, there's he thinks it's going to be good but there's really bad ramifications for him like the woman he loves dies it's kind of like in the butterfly effect something bad happens to the woman he loves so he goes back in time to try and fix it and it keeps getting worse and it all centers around his use of technology and hacking i i would need to see a treatment of how that plays out that's mm, i don't know that's interesting it could be interesting it's not a bad it's not i don't know a bad idea i mean it's not it's not worse than this movie. It's better, better than what we got. I okay. Well, here okay. <laughs> and, and full full disclosure, I watched this movie Tuesday, and right before we started recording this review, I told Dan I forgot a lot about it. <laughs> it left like no impression on me. Well, I mean that's that's a thing. No, uh, this movie's like other other than it did not understand technology and does not age well at all. Yeah, this movie is bogged down by like. I think we've I think we've matured as filmmakers and filmgoers as to like how to treat technology like how to do a movie like this better like I mean this I mean maybe we just need to like get this out of our system and like this is what we think is cool and what we think sounds really smart and like at the time yeah I mean it's 1995 like we didn't really understand that like computer rooms like computer tower rooms and like corporations don't look like something out of tron like they're very bland they're they look like a giant maze with just a bunch of big black towers they don't look like all neon with like sparks coming off of it and no one's wearing those like really stupid little round glasses like john lennon's like it's not the joel schumacher world anymore yeah this is really comparable to like what i think this might be a late 90s problem now where like everything is like super neon and like everything was extreme yeah and has this really distinct like dark neon color palette like and and in order to rebel you have to like be super obvious and you're rebelling like the kids shirts i don't understand the fashion in this movie a lot but i, I if i were if I were their parents, I would be so angry at my kid for asking me to buy him a shirt, and then they cut, like, 80% of it off. Yeah. Like, dude, the scene – I don't know what was with that high school's dress code, but the scene where they're in the bathroom talking about the one kid getting arrested and the guy that played Shaggy is wearing a shirt that, I'm not even kidding you, is just, like, a, a one-foot-by-one-foot square. Oh, almost like a cro- uh, almost like a crop top kind of, like – Yeah, like a crop top uh, – uh, tank top thing yeah yeah and he had I, and he had those juggalo braids what is up with that that was why like literally like it, everything about his character like i mean yes i i want it dan but, it was for all the juggalos and juggalettes it's very dangerous don't try this at home whoop whoop, whoop, whoop. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, i want to i want to give this movie some credit though i want to I don't want to just... I don't. I just want to... <laughs> hold on. I don't want to just bash this movie. Like, I want to give it a little bit of credit because I can see the intent of this movie. I'm not saying that it's doing it well or... I mean, yes, it's very, very, very dated. And it was really funny looking at some of the stuff that, like, 
the way it plays out, like, um, and just some of the conveniences and, like, some of the really stupid, goofy dialogue in it. But the movie wanted, like, the intent of this movie to make a story about a counterculture, an underground culture, and, like, the way that it did, like, apparently there were people who were hackers on set, like, consulting, like, to keep with the authenticity oh, man, of they like failed at their job. Well, with the keeping with the authenticity of like this is what apparently it was like. I'm not saying it translates well into the screen because it's really really goofy the way it's told on screen. But like these underground clubs where people would swap hacking stories and give each other advice and they would refer to each other by their uh, by their handle name. Which by the way, that kid begging the other kid to give him a handle name, dude. Stop being lazy. Make up your own stupid handle. Like, that was... <laughs> you know what I thought? All I kept thinking about was, like, back when RuneScape was a was a real big deal, and I was like, just log on to the website yourself, dude. Yeah. Oh, dude, I had a couple friends who were deep into RuneScape. Now you bring that up. I was. You were? Yeah. Oh, that's funny. I was... I, I was terrible at it, but I really... I was... I loved that game. I played it a lot. Oh, no. I never played that game. I mean, not... I'm not... I just never played it. Um, there was other... There were other things I was way more into that I'm embarrassed about now, but... Um. <laughs> Corn on the cob. <laughs> Are you going to get a shirt that says, Hack the World? Isn't that the thing they were chanting at each other whenever anyone got arrested? I think I... Hack the World! They act like hacking is the single greatest thing you can do. And well... No, it's a felony. Yeah. No, I... And I get it, like, a better version of this is Mr. Robot. That's, I mean, if you, I'm, I'm assuming you've never seen that show, right? I think a better version of this is Inception. That's, that's more, that's not as tech heavy on this, though. Like, Mr. Robot is a modern day show about hacking. Like, and I don't want to say that, like, honestly, maybe if we didn't have hackers, we wouldn't have Mr. Robot. Like, I'm not saying with. Well, that's about the only good thing I can think of. Well, honestly, like I th- to come out of this movie. I think that this movie, like I admire, I think this movie must have worked really well on paper. I really do see a cool story in this. It's just the way that this director decided to stylize everything, the way that yes was popular at the time, but like kind of looking back at an old yearbook, it's just kind of embarrassing and kind of dumb. You, and you should have known better at the time, did, but. Did you like, did you like, uh, speaking of the style I seen, the scene where they go to like the, he goes to like the first party and he goes and plays that video game and breaks Angelina Jolie's high score. When the doors open, didn't you think, oh wow, this is what I wanted my room to look like when I was nine years old. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like this is, honestly, that would have been really cool. Like if I saw this when I was, if I was like 12 and 95 instead of three, I would have probably bought into this. Like, this was absolutely buying into what was going on in the 90s. And yes, it's embarrassing and kind of dumb to look at now. Like, I don't think the music dated very well at all. I don't think any of the... Do the green screen effects did not date very well at all? Like, the scene where he's playing the video game and it's just his head, they green screen that for some reason, and it looks really weird. This director wanted to do so many more practical things, like, and keep the computer away from it as much as possible, which... I think only worked on one shot where it crossfaded between like that aerial shot of the city right when it said hackers and it crosses all into like all these computer mainframe pieces that look kind of like skyscrapers. But like, oh my God, that that rear projection. I thought that was supposed to look like a circuit board. A circuit board, whatever. I, it's it's a piece of tech that looks like skyscrapers. I don't. I know about as much about 
tech vocabulary as these guys, well, I mean, what these actors know, maybe these characters were saying something logical. I'm not, I'm not inclined to believe that they did. <laughs> did did you laugh really hard? Speaking of talking like in technical terms, did you laugh really hard when they lost their mind about the modem? Oh my god, I laughed. A, I, <laughs> I laughed a lot when they lost their mind about that laptop. And while they're looking at the laptop, Angelina Jolie starts to go and at yeah, it with her boyfriend. It's, th- it's that scene. That was funny. Like it's got a modem, and it's got a it's got an Intel processor. And I love that she gets up and she's like, "Yeah, it's a pretty awesome computer, right?" And I'm like. It, why are you guys this weird i also nicholas cage should have played the role of the guy that did shaggy played no we're uh, not going down that road right now no because i'm not you don't d- want to see nicholas cage in a crop top i uh, nick cage if <laughs> if nick cage was in this movie it would be him let's I, i'll be let's be real it would you be have that to guy. press tab you gotta press control alt delete <laughs> Guys, if we don't stop this virus, they're going to flip all those tigers. Um, but no, I, I want to keep giving this movie a little bit of credit. Like, it's again, it's not... It's bad execution for a script that actually would have won me over if I was reading it. These hackers, they're just doing their thing. They're being the rebellions. They're pushing the envelope with technology in their own way. And then they get framed when they didn't do anything after all. Like, they're just, I mean, they're doing their own things. They're just doing mischief, which they, yes, could get in trouble for. But the fact that they're being used as a scapegoat from an even bigger villain trying to, like, screw over his own company and risk the environment. While skateboarding. Yeah, while being just kind of uh, douchey. Because it's the 90s and we need extreme sports, even if they're unbelievably forced in. Yeah, kind of, well, to me, it kind of like... Like, did he need to be skateboarding through the office and did he need to skateboard down the sidewalk and steal the thing? Yeah, it's like if, it's like an even more cartoony Mark Zuckerberg with a dumb goatee on it, like... Uh, you know, watching this movie, at no point did I go, you know what this movie needs? The movie Brink. <laughs> no, I... But again, that's part of this counterculture, and I, it's I kind of don't. It, it doesn't age. It doesn't age well, but I can see. Well, some movies pulled it off. Point Break and The Fast and Furious pulled off this counterculture world, having something to do with with high stakes crime. But point. And then you have this well, movie. Point Break is, and it didn't. Point Break is rewatchable. Fast and Furious and this are not. <laughs> These. Fast and Furious is rewatchable. Watch your mouth. No, no, it's not. I this movie. I mean, I'm not saying this is rewatchable. This was a laughing. This was a laugh riot. If I wasn't bored to tears with just the bad. It's it's. I don't even know if it's really the bad acting or if it's just the actual dialogue itself is just so painful. Like with all these young actors on top of it, not having much experience under their belt at the time. Just, I just I. There, it's hard to take anyone serious in this movie. Their line delivery is weird. They dress like they're in a BDSM dungeon most of the time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's it, so strange. I can see why this has a kind of cult, though, like a cult following. Like Part of the trivia in this is, is that this film has kind of grown a cult following, which I can see why. Like Kind of like as a tribute to like where we were. Kind of like as a look back as like, Oh my God! I can't believe we, technology used to be like this, and literally just twenty years later, look at where we are now, and like just kind of laughing back at yourself, just like <laughs> how funny was it back then that we thought this this was like the peak technology? Like, 
I can I can kind of appreciate like how it grew a cult status in that regard, but in terms of like, am I gonna tell somebody, oh, dude, we gotta watch this movie with this terrible techno music and awful acting and just, uh, just it squanders what honestly was kind of a cool script, like, because I still think this was kind of I think this is a cool story. It's just not executed very well. It's a cool story. It's not executed very well, but we've seen it executed better in other movies like Point Break and Fast and Furious. Or Mr. Robot, honestly. Like in terms of Or Mr. Robot. Yeah. Well, Mr. Ro- I mean, in terms of action, yeah, like high-tech action crimes, yeah. No, I, those two are great examples. I'm I just mean like in terms of like dramatic high-tech high stakes like Yes, the best version of this I've seen is Mr. Robot. I can't think of a movie like if we take out the, like, crime stakes of it, I can only think of, like, the only other really great tech-related movie I've seen as of late. Probably you know, is just... Probably a good is, double probably feature just, with this movie? It, it, what, sorry, say that again? Do you know it would probably be a really good double feature with this movie? What? What was that Angelina Jolie movie about bending bullets? Uh, or curving bullets? Wanted? Yeah, I don't know why, but I feel like that would be a good movie to watch this with. I couldn't say... I've never seen Wanted, so I don't... I don't. Me either, but I just get the feel based on the trailer for Wanted that it probably is similar in tone to this. Yeah. I... I, I mate, well... It's not as, like, 90s stylized, but it does have that, like... But in terms of these people are making a living doing doing crimes utilizing this one thing that not very many people can do but also the movie doesn't understand what that thing is at all yeah okay in that regard i kind of get what you're saying that's interesting yeah Hmm. anyway i mean uh this was uh there wasn't that much trivia to look at when it comes to this um the the probably most interesting thing about this to me was um, that apparently Angelina Jolie and uh, Johnny Lee Miller got married pretty shortly after this. What? Yeah, they were together, and um, they have the worst chemistry. Yeah, not terrible. I guess it's not terrible chemistry, but it's definitely like. Like, movie chemistry. I never bought for a second that they actually, like, liked each other. Kind of also in the same sense that, like, I believe that these guys knew anything that they were talking about. Uh, But they got annulled less than two years later, so it's not like... Wow, you can get an annulment two years later? Yeah, it wasn't... Dude, uh, I didn't think this would happen, but Nick Cage... um, (laughs) Me bringing up Nick Cage. He got annulled from somebody literally four days after marrying her. Yeah, no, I thought that I thought it had to be within like a month. Oh well, then maybe it was an outright divorce. But um... I hate to break up your marriage, but Angelina Jolie needs to be single. Oh no, my bad. I Nicholas Cage. I missed. No, I misread it. It was four years later. So they did last a while. They, four years later, they broke up. Uh, but yeah, they were. Yeah, they got married after making the film. So, um, yeah, long before we got Brangelina. And since this post-Brangelina world that we're in now, sad, sad thing. It's a dark world. I know, right? If if they can, How do you go on? if they can break up, and if Amy Poehler can, or uh, if Chris Pratt can break up with uh, what's your face from the scary movie films, like, what is love? I mean, <laughs> baby, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. No more. Uh yeah. I mean, honestly, that was kind of like the no best. More. 
trivia that I had. In, I love in that this. song. Oh, the only other trivia that there was one other bit of trivia. That school that they were attending is an actual like um, it's an actual school in New York where you have to apply and get in and like prove you have a real uh, higher aptitude for technology. And that pool prank scene or that pool prank is an actual prank. Um, the director and the writer actually like when they were scouting the school to use it for like filming, uh, say, uh, I am not going to pronounce that right. So I'm not even going to say it. Um, I, I liked I liked in that prank scene, though, he just willingly they're like, oh, yeah, there's a rooftop pool. And then he's like, oh, OK, cool. And then he chooses to go there. If it were me, and so I was like, hey, there's a rooftop pool. I'm like, oh, neat. And then I would never visit it in my four years there because who cares? Yeah, no, but apparently that was a real prank at that school. So they just kind of found a way to like weave it into the film. Um, and oh. by the way, <laughs> wouldn't suspect number one, when somebody sets off the sprinklers, be the kid that just happened to pop out the umbrella right before it goes Did off? Did you not notice three other people pulled up umbrellas? Did they have them ready right then, though? Well, here's the thing. He's standing out in the hallway with an umbrella. By the time that, by the time a bunch of people get out there, a couple of them have umbrellas. I did not notice that. I thought they pulled them all out like, oh my god, I need my umbrella. Like, I, I would say watch it again, but that means watching this movie again, so don't. Oh, I thought they pulled them out like after the fact. Not like they happened to walk out the door with an umbrella. Plus he was standing by lockers. Like, I don't, or, I don't know. We're overthinking a kind of dumb scene in the movie. But not as dumb, though. There's a lot of dumb scenes in the movie. Yeah, not as dumb as the, um... What was the scorekeeping that they were doing when they were doing that hack-off? I don't... Like... <laughs> That's... Well, what else would you... Dangerously close well, what... to having something to do with Sausage Fest. What, would... <laughs> what else would you call that, though? Like, the, the hack... Hack... Excapades. What? Something. Well, what else would you call? Not hack off. What else would you call that? You're not going to call that a, well, measuring contest. Like, it's not a it's not a peeing contest to see who can pee further. Like, what what would you call that? We got a hack off contest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. What, what? Why didn't you believe? Why didn't you put the money back in my bank account? <laughs> Why don't you just get off the computer? Jeez. Uh, I, 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 can we just say our scores again and end it? Uh, yeah, I don't. I actually, I'm surprised we went this long without doing the scores. Uh, I, with all that, with all the good that I think this movie had in its screenplay, I, again, I get it. It's 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 the '90s. It's goofy. It's like looking back at a yearbook. Like, oh, that's embarrassing. Why did we do that? But like. So I was really trying not to hold that against the film, but it's still really boring. It's still laughably dumb. It wastes really good actress, actors in this, like Wendell Pierce and um, uh, Wendell Pierce. Um, <laughs> I, um, it just, yeah. I would say Lorraine, but she's kind of one note. Outside of playing Tony's therapist, I can't name one good thing that she was in. Um but yeah, I'm I'm glad Angelina Jolie got out of this and became a great actress in her own right too. But um, yeah, this is just yeah, this is not a good movie. This was just this was just really dumb and really silly and all the wrong reasons outside of like the relic of the '90s that it is. I mean, you can appreciate it like that, sure, but it still doesn't save 
the, it's, you still can't objectively look at this in terms of basic filmmaking and say that this was a good film. So, I, single brownie for me. I, I'm, I'm a single brownie. That's all I got. This gets my... Oh, wow. First cookie, or second cookie, ever on uh, our time machine. I... Like I said, I don't remember hardly anything about it. Um, and what I do remember, nothing is good. Um, I, it's not enjoyable. It needs to just be moved on and forgotten from. Yeah, this ugh, not not a great not a great film. I don't. Yeah, sing, just yeah, still just a single brownie for me. Like I see the kernels of a good screenplay in this. It's just bogged down by its terrible direction and acting and uh yeah I, I i i don't know nothing else for me to, nothing else for me i mean you want to go back to 2019 please okay for the love of god all right we're we're gonna get back in the time machine and we're gonna let you know what we got coming on next week be right back All right, everybody, that is it for this double-stuffed two-part episode of Brownie Points. Double fudge. <laughs> Next week, Nick and I are only going to the theaters twice, but we are going to be doubling down on streaming. Double down. <laughs> In theaters, we're going to be watching the horror comedy Ready or Not, and then we're going to watch the third film, in the Has Fallen saga, Angel Has Fallen. And then for our two streaming films, we're going to watch Invader Zim Enter the Florpus on Netflix because we love Invader Zim and it's technically a movie, if, so get over it. <laughs> if if you guys ever wondered part of what made me and Dan so close when we first met each other, uh, we, <laughs> we annoyed some people in our econ class senior year of high school by continuously quoting Vader Zim for about two and a half months straight. Yeah. This is <laughs> like every three minutes to each other. This, sh this is technically a movie and yes, this is a more or less series finale, I guess. Sure. Whatever. It's technically a movie. It's based on our, one of our favorite TV shows, not named the Simpsons. And we're gonna watch it, so it's on Netflix. Join us if you want to. Uh, it's 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 gonna happen. Yes, it came out this past week and should have been on this show, but we already had four movies. Whatever. <laughs> but I also forgot it came out because I wouldn't have picked hackers if hackers if I remember. <laughs> yeah, but like, hey. we got ha we got halfway through the week, and then Dan's like, "Invader Zim came out," and I was like, "Ah, oh, damn it!" <laughs> <laughs> but hey, we get to have it next week in a, in a week that uh, isn't near as crowded, so at least I'm happy. Uh, but yeah, that opens the door for me to pick something for my time machine in addition to these films. And I deliberately didn't tell you pre-show, I want us to go to 1994 and watch The Crow. I want to watch The Crow. It's on Netflix. I didn't know it was streaming. Yeah. I've never seen it. Otherwise, I, if I knew it was streaming, I would have watched it much earlier. Yeah, it's on Netflix right now. I've never seen The Crow before. I've heard a lot of stories about it. Kind of like, kind of like Hackers this past week, but 
once again, it's a film that neither of us. <laughs> but we heard good things. Yeah, this movie is legendary in its cult status. Like, it's not a cult film. It, like, this is that next tier of just like cult film, I guess, more or less. And um, it's it's just been a film that I've been meaning to see, and it's on Netflix right now. Um, I don't think. Um, do you remember? If there is anything about like a theatrical cut versus a director's cut of this, or oh, I, I've got no idea. Yeah, um, I'm just pulling up its IMDb right now, and I yeah, there's okay, there's apparently two cuts of the film. Okay, if Netflix has it at 102 minutes, we're watching the movie. So as long as it's not shorter than that, we're watching the movie in its own right. So I must mm. be conflating it with something else. But anyway. We're going to watch 1994's The Crow for our Time Machine film next week, and I'm super, super pumped for it. In addition to all the other films, too. I mean, Ready or Not looks amazing to me. I, it I, looks really funny. I cannot wait for Ready or Not. Um, Angel's Fallen, I, I've never seen any of the Fallen films, and I can't... Is, uh, is London Has Fallen, is that streaming? Do you know? Uh, Olympus is on Netflix, but not London, if I remember right. Oh, crap. I've seen Olympus. I saw it one time when it came out in the theater. And I remember liking it. I didn't think it was great. Like I remember, I remember honestly what I thought of it so vividly. I can say I would give it a half pan. I, I rem the only thing I remember about the film was that it came out the same summer as White House Down, and everybody was saying that Olympus was better. Yeah, by a lot. Um, I can't promise I'm gonna watch it between now and taping the next show. I mean, I maybe I'm gonna. Not tonight, obviously, because I'm editing the shows, but um, <laughs> maybe this week I'll end up watching it so I have some context, but uh, I'm not going to promise it. I'm probably going to go into this blind, especially since we kind of watch Enter the Florbus and then those two other films. But, um, or, well, and yeah. there's preseason football to be watched. Uh, if you like watching this stuff. Well, and baseball. Well, no, week three. Week three is the week to watch. Any football fans out there, preseason week three is the only week that matters. Preseason week two, when you get free tickets, is also a good time to watch. Okay, free tickets. Sure. I'll even get... <laughs> I learned that this week because that's exactly what happened to me yesterday. I would only I would only say week four, even if it was free tickets. Eh. But... Yeah. We, dude, I think week four is the worst one to go because it's, it's really nobody get hurt. You got to wait another week before this actually matters. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, even if you got free tickets week four, eh, let's not. Um, but anyway, <clears throat> that's what we got coming down the pipeline next week. Nick. Tell everybody where they can reach out to us in social media. Facebook at Brownie Points Guide to Cinema and at Twitter or on Twitter at Brownie underscore cinema. Best way to know it's us is the show logo, the bowl of popcorn with a brownie in it is the profile picture. Also, the Instagram page, I promise I'm going to do this week. Um, I've been incredibly busy the past couple weeks, but especially this week, I uh, to put it into perspective, I actually had was required to watch the time machine on tuesday otherwise i wouldn't have been able to fit it in before we recorded on sunday i've been that busy for multiple weeks but the instagram page i promise is coming i will have it this week have it started this week and up before the next episode um don't have any details on like what all that is yet um and then we also have a gmail uh send us emails of you know op-ed topics you want us to do time machine ideas uh lists you'd like us to do um movies coming to theaters that, you know if we don't really mention haven't talked about them because we usually talk about trailers a little bit when we do reviews if you're like hey i haven't you guys talked about this have you guys seen this coming up are you excited to see it 
send us stuff like that. Interact with us on Facebook, and once I get the Instagram up, do that too. Uh, G- the Gmail address is brownypointsguidecinema at gmail.com. Super short and concise. Um, <laughs> we are no longer on YouTube, uh, so that is no longer really a thing. Please don't try to interact with us on there, whether like through comments or I don't know if you can send messages on there. We we pretty much just abandoned that platform. Um, other than that, uh, I think that I think that's pretty much everything that you guys can contact us on. Yeah, we're we're not even really looking at it expiration into video anymore, like because this is audio and even the videos didn't have any video component the, to it. You, so. YouTube YouTube. Not kidding. The reason we did YouTube was the first episode wasn't going to actually be a podcast because Dan was trying to figure out the RSS feed. Uh, it we just did it so that we could get the episode out initially, and like have it playable to show friends and family. Like this is the thing we're doing. So n- YouTube was never really an ambition for yeah. us. Well, I mean, it kind of just happened out of necessity for a couple weeks. Yeah, the kind of format that we're doing, like. You're not going to catch us on Twitch or um, anything like that. We definitely are not doing this live, but um, no. just because it's—I mean, we f- we figure out the time to do this, but we need to have the editing and the structure that we have now. So you're not going to find us on Twitch or yeah. anything like that. So just um, just so you guys know, the intro is one of the very last things we do, ye- and it's the first thing you hear. Yeah, it's so we do not go in a linear show format at all. Yeah, not to get too into how the sausage is made, but it's yeah, just yeah. YouTube again. If you hadn't caught it before, YouTube's gone. We're not going to go on Vimeo. We're not going to go on Twitch. We're not. I just, it's not worth the hassle anymore. And this is primarily how we talk to you is just through our lovely voices. So speaking of that, that according to YouTube, sound copyrighted. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, as long as we don't get an email from Isla Marfin specifically, who again, Isla Marfin from, yeah, Isla, thank you. If I didn't thank you on top, uh, thank you so much for the music as always. Isla, your music's great. <laughs> if you guys are just listening to us through whichever platform that you are in are not subscribed, go ahead and hit that subscribe button if you liked us. And if you also hit that button, might as well hit the, the star on the very end that makes it five stars or even four stars. doesn't matter. Five or four. Uh, 17. If it's less than that, eh, just don't even hit the su- subscribe button. Just go go away. Um, <laughs> but um, Or subscribe and watch us grow. How about that, man? Yeah, no, that's preferred. I'm just saying, if you don't like us, then just go away. We don't need you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, Jesus. We are, on, um, we are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Anchor.com. Uh, the anchor of our show, more than you could ever imagine. Um like I said, go ahead and subscribe and spread the word uh, through our social media platform and the podcasting platforms that we are on. The more we grow, the more we can reach people, the more that we can just share our thoughts with the world, which is our goal. World conquest via laughter and podcast, um, <laughs> where we just talk about movies every week, because this is what we'd love to do. We love talking. We love talking to each other. And as far as we know, you guys like listening to us talk for god knows why but <laughs> we're gonna keep giving it to you voices yeah we're gonna keep giving and it to you, you talking about putting brownie panner brownie batter in your pants <laughs> as long as you guys keep asking for it we're gonna keep delivering it to you because honestly we love it this is this is so much fun for us and i everybody that's been with us since week one all the way back in march thank you thank you thank you thank you so much we we've been having a blast this summer 
I can't wait to get into award season with Nick and just to continue to see the audience that we have continue to grow as much as it has. Please reach out just, to us. Just, don't be afraid. Just a heads up. You guys are going to hear me complain a lot. And don't be afraid to reach out to us. We don't bite. We can't bite you through a computer or an email. So come on. Let We're us... not the people from hackers. We don't just make up rules about technology. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's – yeah. Just whatever you want to tell us. We got thick skin. We're ready to we're ready to have more interaction outside of our Facebook page, which does get good interaction. But anyway, yeah, give us some recommend- there. Give us some recommendations for Time Machine. We're almost out of our list on Just Watch. We're not. Really- no, we're not. I, I you didn't let me finish the joke. We're not really. But give us some recommendations. We're we're almost out of the ones that are streaming, but there's a lot of DVD ones. Yeah, true. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that's all we got for this week. We're gonna be back next week with. Ready or not, Angel has fallen, Invader Zim entered the Florpus, and the Crow. We'll catch you all next week. I'm gonna sing the Doom song now. Doom 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 He married uh, the girl in my big fat Greek wedding. Never saw that. Oh well, that was worth the buildup. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I watched I watched that movie um, a lot. That was a family favorite of my sister's mom's. Um, so I so I did see that movie a few times. Of your sister's mom. My sister. You mean your mom? Yes, my mom and my sister. Um, I did watch that movie a lot, and I think it's charming. But um, but nope, that's my not my sister's mom. <laughs> But nope, that's not what we got. You mean your twin sister? Yes, my twin sister.